0: Clovis, building a healthy life together. What's up, everybody? Justin Null here with another Ask Me Anything episode. This is audio pulled from my weekly Facebook Live, which you can catch every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central at facebook.com slash Culture. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to this podcast and leave me a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform. Each and every review counts. It really, really helps, and it means the world to me. Thank you so much. As always, this episode is brought to you by Clovis. I am the founder and CEO of Clovis, and I am in the business of impacting people's lives for the better. I have helped over 500 people just like you transform their health and wellness, and I want to work with you. To prove it, I'm going to give you a free seven-day trial, which will give you full-blown access to all of the members-only content that Clovis has to offer, free for a full seven days. Just visit IamClovis.com slash start, S-T-A-R-T, IamClovis.com slash start. You will find some videos of yours truly, and you will find some incredible testimonies from some of my Clovis clients. You will be shocked by the unbelievable stories that these brave individuals have to tell. Stories of full-blown life transformation. 50 pounds in 8 weeks, 40 pounds in 60 days, 21 pounds in 19 days, 100 pounds in 6 months. You name it, I've got somebody that's done it. Check out IamClovis.com and get started with your free trial today. If you'd like to check out my physical products, including the Perfect Paleo Powder, just head over to IamClovis.com. Use promo code PERFECTPODCAST. Again, PERFECTPODCAST, all one word, at checkout, and you will receive 10% off your entire first order at IamClovis.com. All right, let's get on with the episode. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy. Enjoy. Let's talk about today's topic, thyroid health, a second opinion. I actually put this episode off for quite some time until I just got an overload of requests to talk about thyroid health. And it kind of reminds me of the way I felt when I kept getting requests to talk about depression and anxiety. If you remember, I did an Ask Me Anything episode titled Depression, a second opinion. So these big scary topics like depression, anxiety, thyroid... These are very sensitive, mostly because over 50 million people in America suffer from thyroid issues, but also because many of those people have been treated in a way that was probably unnecessary. So it's very easy for people to get upset listening to a different point of view on thyroid health. Now, I have found that it's actually pretty rare for people who disagree with the functional medicine approach to thyroid health to get upset. It's actually much more common for people who hear the functional medicine approach to thyroid health, agree with it completely, and have already been put in the position where they're on a medication they've been told they have to take for the rest of their life, or worse, they've already had their thyroid removed. These are the people who get really upset when they find out what the functional approach is to thyroid health is because they were treated by mainstream medical, the standard of care for thyroid health. And that is one of the first things you'll hear me talk about in this episode is the standard of care for thyroid and how I just find it to be abysmal. So if you're having thyroid issues, or you've ever had thyroid issues, or you're on a medication, or you don't have a thyroid anymore, or you know a friend or family member who is suffering from thyroid issues, which you probably do because there's 50 million of them in this country alone, then this episode is definitely worth a listen. Remember, I am not an expert. I am not a doctor. This is not medical advice. I beg and plead with the audience throughout this entire episode to find a qualified professional, preferably a functional medicine doctor, to help you sort through the information to get the right tests and handle this in the proper way. Start with IFM.org, the Institute of Functional Medicine, IFM.org. Click the Find a Practitioner button and get yourself an expert. And now, on to the show. Ask me anything number 40, thyroid health, a second opinion. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? It's Justin. Happy AMA Day. So happy to see you guys. It's Wednesday. I'm excited. I'm excited about this episode. Pretty cool episode. Even though I was apprehensive about this episode, and I've been apprehensive about it for quite some time, I'll explain why. We'll get into the nitty gritty details. We got some live viewers, hi, Carla, hi, Shannon, hi, Joe, hi, Christy, hi, Shelly, hi, Krista, all the people, thank you for being here, hi, Tabitha, this is awesome, AMA day, this is AMA number 40, can you guys believe that, how many months is that, hold on, I'm really bad at math, let's see, 10 months, <laughs> I used a calculator for that, that's embarrassing, Use a calculator on live for 40 divided by 4, Wow, that's super brain fart right there. That's an easy one. All right, so uh, what's up Lindsay? what's up Krista, what's up Karen, hi all the people. Uh, this is gonna be an interesting episode. I'm pretty excited about it. This is a very important one because there are over 50 million people in the country that are affected by this alone, this particular topic. This is Ask Me Anything number 40. If you guys remember, I explained this last week. I'm gonna try to keep these episodes to an hour so they're easier for people to digest. They're also way easier for me to edit on the back end when they're not 90 minutes. Good Lord, I talk too much. Okay? So... We're gonna keep this one to 60 minutes, kind of short and brief, and I do have a few disclaimers on this one. For those of you that don't know and ask me anything is basically me fielding questions from my clients and my audience and my social media followers and all the things. So we have multiple private Facebook groups. Uh, the Clovis Academy is the one you should get in and join. The Clovis Academy is free. Facebook.com slash group slash Clovis Academy. we got over 1300 members in there asking me questions all the time. All sorts of great conversations, testimonies, results, everything. Then we have I Am Clovis and Clovis Kids, the paid groups. You can find out more about those at clovis.store. Also guys, clovis.store is new. Go check it out. We got a brand new website, it's awesome. Um, it's kind of similar to the other one but I improved a whole bunch of things. The checkout process is better, subscriptions are better, the blog is better, the store itself looks better. We separated all the products so you can see all the different flavors and all the different things that we have. It's a fantastic website, tons of testimonies on there and I'm gonna be adding more and more and more testimonies as time goes on. It's fantastic, check out the new website, would mean the world to me if you did. Go to Clovis.store, you can find out about my custom nutrition plans, Clovis Kids, all my eBooks, all the merch, all the incredible things, go check it out. The store looks great, I'm super happy with it. Um, So check it out, there's another website coming, I'll tell you guys more about that stuff later. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on behind the scenes. For now. I'm wasting time. Let's jump into Ask Me Anything number 40. This one is called, in the spirit of the depression episode that we did way back when, because I'm going to touch on that. There's a lot of other AMAs that already covered some of this stuff. So there was an AMA I did called Depression, A Second Opinion. I'm going to call tonight's episode, Ask Me Anything number 40, Thyroid Health, A Second Opinion. Okay? So we're going to talk all about how the mainstream handles it, functional medicine, and all that. It's just all about thyroid health. And why are we talking about this? Because again, I tell you that there are over, there's an estimated 50 million people in America alone that are suffering from thyroid issues, okay? So I put this episode off for a long time, and I think you're going to see why Like as we get into it, because it's... It's an absurdly complicated issue. It's super easy to get lost in. And the standard of care for thyroid issues in America, mainstream medical, is abysmal. It's really, really bad, okay? So I actually don't like the idea of most people getting caught up in all of these details. I, I really just don't because it will fry your brain. It's super easy to get mixed up in the terminology and this versus this and upstream and downstream and all the things, right? The other reason why... I get a little uncomfortable with episodes like this is because I am not a doctor. And as one of my favorite podcasters, Tim Ferriss, says, I'm not a doctor. I don't play one on the internet. I have never given you medical advice. This episode is not medical advice. I will never give you medical advice. None of this information should be taken as medical advice. Do not take it as such, okay? I'm not an endocrinologist. I am not pretending to be an expert here at all. I'm just sharing what I have learned in my own independent research and study just for my own personal well-being. This is not a prescription or anything, right? Don't worry about that stuff. So I'm really just going to outline the basics of how to properly test your thyroid health. I'm also going to outline to you why you need a functional medicine doctor to help you interpret this stuff, not Justin, okay? and how to set yourself up for thyroid health by making the right lifestyle choices outside of medication. The go-to is medication, and I'll explain why that can be wrong, okay? The content is gonna be extremely complicated. The conclusion, as always with Clovis, is going to be quite simple. Eat whole foods, change the world. Eat whole foods, change the world, okay? Seriously. Now, for those of you that don't know me and are wondering who I am, if you stumbled on this AMA or somebody shared it, you've never seen one before, my name is Justin Knot. I am a certified nutritional therapist, certified specialist in sports nutrition, certified specialist in fitness nutrition. I am the founder and CEO of Clovis. You can check out clovis.store for more on that. I invented a line of nutritional powders called The Perfect Paleo Powder. I invented them right here in this kitchen. Yes, I invented a whole food protein powder myself because I'm a crazy person, okay? Now, I'm in the business of transforming lives. I write ebooks. I do one-on-one custom nutrition plans, I work with kids, I work with entire families, and we get just insane results. 50 pounds in eight weeks, 40 pounds in 60 days, 11 pounds in seven days, you name it. I have clients who have done it. If you wanna change your life, check out the rest of my AMAs. You can go to Clovis.store/AMA. Find all that work there. You can see the things that I do. You can hear my voice over and over and over, okay? Let's jump in. We are going to talk about First and foremost, the standard of care for thyroid health in America. Now, the standard of care for thyroid issues in, in America, like I said, the word I use for it is, is abysmal. I really can't believe it. It's it's one of the most insane things that I've found on my entire journey of health and well-being. Like, the way they treat this is insane. I'm gonna explain to you why, right? Generally speaking, your traditional doctor You'll you'll be fatigued, you'll have hair loss, you know, all, all these different symptoms. They're almost like depressive, anxiety symptoms, these kinds of things that come along with hypothyroidism. So people usually, by this point, most people have done enough online research, which is dangerous as well, that they go to their doctor like, I have hypothyroid, and they just decide that that's what they have, right? So a lot of these symptoms come up and the doctors will run a test. So this is why I was testing these on the board earlier. Generally speaking, they're gonna do this. They're gonna test your TSH. That's your thyroid-stimulating hormone. But I wanna be very clear about something. Your thyroid-stimulating hormone is not actually produced in the thyroid. It's produced by the pituitary gland. And we're gonna talk about all the different ways that all these things play into this, okay? But what they're gonna do is they're gonna test your TSH. Now, they might test your T4, which is actually an inactive thyroid hormone, we're gonna explain that. It requires conversion to be used and all these things. But at most, a traditional doctor is probably going to measure TSH, and he's going to measure T4. Now, a lot of doctors won't even do this, right? They'll just measure TSH, and they'll make the decision based on that, which is super dangerous. So we're going to talk about it, okay? So they might test TSH. They might test T4. If the TSH number is high, again, this is your thyroid-stimulating hormone. If it's high, they're going to take that as a sign of hypothyroidism. They're going to say that your thyroid is not functioning Properly, okay. Hypo not enough, right? So if your TSH is high, they're going to suspect hypothyroidism now they'll say you have the beginning stages of hypothyroidism and We see this trend in modern medicine today, and it, it, it happens all the time in autoimmune conditions There are so many AMA's where I talk about autoimmune conditions from feeding your children and their gut bugs to hormones finding the balance to the depression episode, to all these, these gut health things, lectins and leaky gut, right? We always talk about autoimmune disease. Now there's this trend in mainstream medicine where the patient is told that these autoimmune disease, these diseases are completely irreversible and they're giving treatments to quote unquote manage the symptoms. We see this happen with Crohn's disease, MS, rheumatoid arthritis, completely irreversible. Here's a medicine for the rest of your life, right? These people are getting... Steroid injections and NSAIDs and sometimes they're getting prescription meds to literally suppress their immune system Which does that sound dangerous to you good because it is they're suppressing the immune system because it's an autoimmune response to The body attacking itself, but this can be potentially even more dangerous than the initial symptoms that they're living with right? It's crazy now in the case of thyroid Just like other immune condition autoimmune conditions. I named like Crohn's and MS and all these things hypothyroidism is caused by autoimmune disease. I want to make that very clear, okay? So let's just make that the point of tonight. Hypothyroidism is caused by autoimmune disease, okay? We got that under control. Now, how do I know this? I know this because 90% of people with hypothyroidism are producing antibodies to thyroid tissue, meaning that the immune system is literally a the thyroid aka autoimmune disease an autoimmune response the body attacking itself so the autoimmune form of hypothyroidism is commonly known as Hashimoto's right There was just a comment about it I'm gonna, I'm gonna touch on some comments here in a minute but the autoimmune form of hypothyroidism is known as Hashimoto's the standard of care for Hashimoto's is terrifying in mainstream medicine okay so here's what they do if they identify it then they wait They know there is an autoimmune response happening, so they will literally wait until the body has destroyed enough healthy thyroid tissue that they can give you a firm diagnosis of hypothyroid. Then they can prescribe you with the thyroid hormone replacement medication, right? So this will happen. They'll write you a prescription, and they say, congratulations, you now take this medicine for the rest of your life. That's the end of the story. It's the end of the story. Do you see how crazy that is, right? And what they're failing to see is there's actually no problem with the thyroid. The thyroid was fine until the body started to attack it. So there's no issue with the thyroid. There's a problem with the immune system attacking the thyroid. So treating thyroid in this case is quite silly when you stop and think about it, okay? Now, what sounds like a better approach? One, the doctor realizes there's an autoimmune response happening in the body. They wait and allow the patient's immune system to continue destroying healthy thyroid tissue until things get so bad that you can diagnose them with a medical condition and prescribe them with the medication to take for the rest of their life. Option number one. Option number two, you can realize there is an autoimmune response happening in the system, and you can take immediate steps to ensure that the immune system stops attacking the thyroid before things get any worse. Sounds like a much better option to me. So we're going to go over the steps that you can take to do that very thing. But first, we have to establish how you test your thyroid health. Okay? So we talked about TSH, we talked about T4. At the minimum, you would want to test TSH. Now TSH again, this is your thyroid stimulating hormone. It actually comes from the pituitary gland, okay? Then you'd want to test, because you actually want to test free form, you want to test free T3. So T3 is actually the active thyroid hormone itself. It's the one that can be used by the body. And you want to test free because that's what's free floating in your blood. It just means, again, this is all complicated. It means that it's not bound to proteins. It's free floating in the blood, which means the body can use it. That is the active thyroid hormone, okay? So you want to test free T3. The other thing you want to test is free T4, like we talked about. But remember, T4 is the inactive thyroid hormone, okay? It actually has to be converted to T3 before it can be used in the body, okay? So you still wanna test that. You wanna see free T3, you wanna see free T3, you wanna see free T3, you wanna see free T4. Tet test, test so many T's, and now we have more Ts. You wanna test thyroid antibodies. Okay, let's just put T you want to test thyroid antibodies or T Thyroid autoantibodies, however you want to look at it, right? So thyroid autoantibodies, because it's an autoimmune response, right? Basically, you're measuring if there's an autoimmune response happening in the body. Is the immune system attacking healthy healthy thyroid cells? If you have a high level of these antibodies in your system, odds are there's an immune attack happening on your thyroid, okay? The other thing you may want to test, and not a lot of doctors are gonna do this, but um, functional medicines usually will. I've had mine tested. Reverse T3. Now, reverse T3 is an inactive form of thyroid hormone. Again, it's inactive, right? But the reason why you test for these things is, again, we talk about this whole way of the body as a whole. So reverse T3 is generally produced when you have some kind of stress issue going on, like chronic levels of stress or like... It, it could be you know, a warning sign that your cortisol levels are through the roof or something like that. And we're gonna get into all that in just a second, but reverse T3 can actually help a good doctor understand if there are upstream issues, and we'll talk about upstream, downstream again, so you guys can get a reminder for that, but it's it will help you determine if there are some upstream issues happening with like the pituitary gland, HPA access, all these things we're gonna talk about, right? So the issue with most doctors is if they test just TSH and just T4, right? They'll probably do total T4 and then they'll test TSH. So the issue is that T4 could actually come back completely normal and they never test T3 or free T3, which means you don't have an issue with T4. You have an issue with the conversion of T4 to T3 and the conversion you don't want to actually treat with synthetic hormones you wanna treat with lifestyle intervention, but you won't know that unless you go deeper, okay? So there are limitations and problems with the standard of care and this blood chemistry, the blood work that they do. So I wanna jump into that for a second, because I need you guys to understand this for a number of reasons, because it's true of all blood work. So I'm gonna step outside of just thyroid here for a second. I'm gonna talk about the problems with labs, okay? I know I'm going fast, guys, but I'm trying to condense all this stuff into 60 minutes, right? And again, you guys always ask me to cover these big giant topics. So, if we look at the problems with blood work, there's a great video of this online on YouTube. You can just search for it. Um, Dr. Brian Walsh. He does this little presentation on the problems with modern blood chemistry, okay? Highly recommend you go check it out, but I'll give you basically the quick notes here. So, the number one problem is reference ranges, okay? So, reference ranges when it comes to lab work They're not standardized at all. Now, the other thing is let's say a reference range, right? So let's say you're looking at TSH and like your functional TSH is between 0.5 to 5.0, right? Depending on the lab again. So let's say it's 0.5 to 5.0 for like functional TSH levels, your thyroid stimulating hormone. So the thing about these reference ranges that people don't understand is they're not standardized. So the reference ranges can change from lab to lab, the same lab in two different states. They can change from state to state and they can change from country to country. So let me give you the same example that Dr. Walsh gives you. You could live in Maryland, get your blood glucose tested and have it be 60 and they may tell you that you're hypoglycemic. The next month, you could move to California, get your blood work done, have the same blood glucose as 60 and not be hypoglycemic because the reference range in California and that particular lab is wider. So you can literally get a different diagnosis from a different medical expert simply by living in a different plot of land. This is issue number one with reference ranges. It's insane. Now, the other thing I want you guys to remember with these reference ranges, reference ranges are based on blood work from the sick. The reference ranges for blood work are from sick people. What do I mean by that? Have you ever thought about where these reference ranges come from? They're curating data, right? Have you ever gotten like a random phone call and they're like, hey, you seem healthy. You're on the Clovis protocol. Would you please come in and donate some blood so we can measure healthy thyroid levels for reference ranges? No, that's never happened in your life. You've never gotten that phone call. What they do is people are coming in for lab work, so they just curate that information. But people only need lab tests because they're unhealthy. They're trying to figure out what is wrong with them. Right, So your blood work and reference ranges that they're comparing you to is being compared to diabetics, people with cardiovascular disease, hormonal imbalances, obese individuals, people that literally have cancer, and that's what your blood work is getting compared to for reference ranges, okay? It's the same way as like the RDA, if you do the the RDA for vitamin C, that's not for you to live an optimal life, that's for you to not get scurvy and die. It's just enough to prevent disease, right? So blood work is very good at identifying disease, not identifying what is considered healthy. That's problem number two with reference ranges. The other issue with reference ranges is your health insurance companies are basically the number one decider of what gets covered by health insurance, what labs get covered and what do not get covered. Now, as a result of this, fewer and fewer and fewer lab tests are being covered by health insurance. Guys, we know the healthcare system is broken. We know that. It's going to bankrupt the entire nation. They are covering less and less and less and less. So you're going to know less and less and less about your body, okay? So I want to show you guys this. If the insurance companies are in charge of what you see and you go, well, I went to my doctor and he would only test TSH and T4 and that's it, right? You're testing the tip of the iceberg. So I want to show you this, right? Yeah, the tip of the iceberg here. Let's see. Here's my iceberg. Here's the water. Here's the rest of the iceberg, okay? So you're gonna test TSH and you're gonna test T4. Seems like a good idea, right? But what about free T3, free T4, steroid hormones, right? What about your A1C? What about your C-reactive protein for inflammation? What about all these other things that play a role, right? It's crazy. This this is the whole, no, you're not gonna see any of this. And the problem with treating the tip of the iceberg is that it leads to actual misdiagnoses and prescription medication that's gonna do more harm than good because you can't see the whole picture, right? It's like putting a Band-Aid on a splinter. You don't take the band, the, the splinter out and just put a Band-Aid over it. Oh, I can't see it. If I can't see it, it doesn't exist, right? That's going to lead to problems down the line, okay? Now, a good example of this, like I talked about, if you can't convert T4 to T3, if you're having a conversion issue, It doesn't matter how much synthetic T4 your doctor gives you as a prescription medication. It won't change anything. And your doctor will just continue to up the dose, up the dose, up the dose and shrug his shoulders. Because it would require more testing to figure out what the hell's actually going on, okay? So let's walk through how thyroid issues actually happen, okay? Now let me see what time I got real quick. I'm gonna peek at some comments just in case there's some stuff that's relevant. On Nature Throid for Hashimoto. My stomach is always bloated and all I want to do is sleep all day. Yes, 100%. That is all inflammation. Stick around to the end of this episode. I can give you step-by-step instructions, okay? Mine wanted to kill me, so I had it. (laughs) Yeah. Again, it sucks to hear, but not always necessary. Sorry, okay? Um, My friend is Hashimoto's and has tried everything. I wish he had Facebook. We'll definitely forward the video and podcast. Definitely forward the video and podcast. Absolutely. Thanks to thyroid, I have celiac Hashimoto's and POTS. Yes. Does not surprise me at all. So I'm going to talk about celiac here in a second. Celiac, thyroid, gut issues. They all go hand in hand. We're getting there. Don't worry. Okay. I want to just see those comments and see if they were super relevant and they are super relevant. Okay. So I'm going to get to this right now. This is going to touch on your celiac issue. It's going to touch on Hashimoto's, all this stuff, right? So 90% of people gonna put that there i'm gonna draw it in the iceberg it's got nothing to do with the iceberg right but 90 percent of people with hypothyroidism in the u.s also have hashimoto's like that comment just said right hashimoto's is an autoimmune disease it is a gut health issue okay gut health issue not a thyroid issue per se gut health issue now think back to my AMA on lectins and leaky guts, Uh, lectins and leaky gut, I did back to basics, lectins and leaky gut, right? Can't remember what number it is, I can't remember these off the top of my head. But I talked about the tight junctions in the lining of your intestines, right? We talked about those tight junctions, the things that lead to gut permeability. Well, surprise, surprise, thyroid hormones actually strongly influence those tight junctions and keep them healthy. So quite literally, you can't have a healthy gut Without a healthy thyroid, which means you can't have a healthy thyroid without a healthy gut. Autoimmune disease. All disease begins in the gut. We know this now with new data that's coming out day after day after day, especially the last 10 years. What we've learned about the microbiome is mind blowing, right? It plays a role in literally everything. That's why you need digest and rest paleo powder, right? So if you remember, ANA number 31. It was called Hormones Finding the Balance. I wrote that one down for you guys so I can put it in the show notes. But AMA number 31, Hormones Finding the Balance. We talked about adrenal health and we talked about adrenal fatigue. So thyroid function also depends on proper adrenal function. So weak adrenals can cause symptoms of hypothyroidism when there's actually no problem with the thyroid at all. Okay. So I want you guys to remember, we talked about, um, I'll just do it like this. We talked about upstream, We talked about upstream, we talked about downstream effects within endocrinology, within the human body as a whole. Okay? Now, when I introduced you to upstream and downstream, I was talking about HPA. That's the um hypothalamus pituitary adrenal access. Say that ten times fast. Hypothalamus pituitary adrenal access, your HPA access. We talked about HPA access in AMA number 31. We also talked about hormone levels, your stress hormone cortisol, right? We talk particularly about cortisol, its role in leaky gut, HPA dysfunction, its role in leaky gut, right? So I want you guys to understand, when we talk about the HPA access, TSA, um, TSH that like we talked about, your thyroid stimulating hormone is produced by the pituitary gland, okay? So an issue with the pituitary gland that would impact thyroid function would be considered an upstream issue right? Upstream. Pituitary gland, disruption, something's happening, affects the thyroid, upstream, okay? So that's an upstream problem. Anything that disrupts the HPA access also disrupts the thyroid. And HPA disruption, as we know, can also lead to leaky gut. And autoimmune thyroid disease, also known as Hashimoto's, is caused by what? Leaky gut, okay? This is a huge picture, huge problems, huge, giant Web. You guys got to understand the entire web to f- realize why just something like supplementing T4 may not be the answer to your problems here, okay? Now that we've touched on the iceberg thing, all the things that you need to test for, the HPA access, we're talking about pituitary health, we're talking about adrenal health, we're talking about thyroid health, we're talking about gut permeability, we're talking about inflammation, autoimmune disease, right? Hand in hand with things like Hashimoto's. So let's, I'm going to give you a rundown of how the thyroid issues happen. Okay. Now, I've been trying to find a balance on these episodes of using the whiteboard, but also making sure that this makes sense when I edit it into a podcast, which just audio, right? So here's the, here's the rundown. Inflammation, I'm going to introduce you to something new. We talked about HPA. Now, we're going to talk about HPT, which is the hypothalamus pituitary thyroid access. We're talking about HPT. So inflammation is at the root of all these problems. Inflammation suppresses HPT, Okay. Inflammation suppresses HPT. Inflammation also reduces the number of thyroid hormone receptors and their sensitivity throughout the entire body. So I wanna be clear guys, thyroid hormone is so important that every single cell in the human body has a receptor for thyroid hormone. So it plays a role in almost every single biological function you can think of. Now, inflammation also decreases the conversion of T4 to T3. So you have inflammation decreasing the HPT access. You have suppressing the HPT access. You have inflammation decreasing the conversion of T4 to T3, the inactive thyroid hormone to the active thyroid hormone that your body can actually use. Big problems, right? Now, this, now since the receptors are being damaged by the inflammation, it literally doesn't matter how much T4 or T3 you have because if the receptors are being damaged by all this inflammation, they're still not gonna get the signal. You can take a ton of T4 and T3 as medication, and the cells are still not gonna respond to it because of the damaged receptors. In AMA 31, I talked about the two cell phones, like iPhones, sending text messages to each other. This is sends a signal, the receptor picks it up, right? So send a signal, receptor picks it up. If that receptor's damaged, it's not gonna get the signal. So it doesn't matter how much T4 and how much T3 you throw at the body, if the receptors are damaged, they're not gonna get the message until you fix the underlying issue. Inflammation, leaky gut, this is what you must do for proper thyroid function. And medication is not going to help you fix the leaky gut inflammation issue. Again, it's like putting a band-aid over a splinter without removing the splinter first, okay? So how do we fix these things? How do we fix inflammation and leaky gut? Well, we do it through lifestyle intervention. We do it through Clovis. This is another reason why this thyroid issue has taken so long to be its own AMA because it doesn't need to be. You can get into the nitty-gritty details. You can learn this stuff if you really want to. It'll make your freaking head spin, right? But at the end of the day, lifestyle intervention, preventative measures to stop this from happening. Even if you are taking a thyroid medication, you must, you must implement the lifestyle interventions to pull the splinter out as before you put the band-aid on or do it at the same time whatever you want to use for your analogy here the splinter needs to come out and the band-aid medication needs to happen at the same time they need to work synergistically okay so how many people you guys can comment on this just comment it and i'll touch on when i get in the comments right how many people watching right now are clovis clients that had gut issues before clovis that they no longer have how many of you and I know this to be true because we had one testimony post last week in particular with somebody who had Hashimoto's, came to Clovis with Hashimoto's, has been on the protocol for several months, got extensive blood testing done, and said, no Hashimoto's. Boom. Okay? Just think about that for one second. So again, this is another reason why I put this episode off. I didn't even, I, I might not have even known that, that person had Hashimoto's, right? So at this point, it's just clear that lifestyle intervention plays a huge role in every single aspect of human health, period. It's self-explanatory at this point, okay? So let's talk about what we can do. Let's get into these lifestyle interventions. It's very important. So again, it's Clovis. So we're gonna start with remove triggers. You need to remove autoimmune triggers. When you're removing autoimmune triggers, you always start with food. What are the most problematic foods when it comes to autoimmune disorders and inflammation? Gluten, grains, soy, refined sugars, and dairy. Gluten, grains, soy, refined sugars, and dairy. Remove them. What does that sound like? Clovis, duh. Okay? Very important. That's number one. But I also need to talk about the fact that the number one offender hands down, is gluten. And I'm glad we just had a comment from somebody who was talking about how she has Hashimoto's and celiac, okay? Because those with celiac, those with celiac disease are at a 3x higher risk for hypothyroidism. Thyroid issues in general, really, but they're at a 3 times higher risk, risk for hypothyroidism just by being celiac disease. The connection between gluten and thyroid is so strong that researchers suggest that all patients with autoimmune thyroid disease, Hashimoto's, be screened for celiac disease and vice versa. Anyone with celiac disease needs to be screened for Hashimoto's, okay? Autoimmune thyroid disease. That's how strong that gut connection is. It's insane. And the reason why, I've taught you guys this in the past. I don't know if you remember. Amino acids are the building blocks of life. Now string together amino acids and you get proteins. All of your cells and tissues and all these things are made out of proteins. Well, the protein gliadin, which is the protein that's found in gluten, everybody, nobody really knows what gluten is, but there's a protein inside of gluten, right? Everyone's like, I'm gluten-free, and they don't really know what that means, right? Well, that's what's happening. It's a protein. There's a particular protein inside of, gluten of inside of gluten called gliadin. Well, the amino acid chain that makes up your thyroid tissue, unfortunately, looks very much like gliadin. So if you have a gluten sensitivity, you have gliadin in your system, the the immune system freaks out and attacks gliadin, it mistakes the thyroid for this gliadin protein. So your immune system attacks your own thyroid thinking that it's attacking gliadin. Okay? There's a definition of an autoimmune response, the body attacking itself. Now, I need you guys to understand something. This is a bit of an extreme example, but not really. I'm sure a lot of people deal with it, so I'm gonna just tell you this example anyway, and I'm gonna get into a little bit of a personal story. Let me see what kind of time I got. Yeah, I'm doing good, okay? So, if you're suffering from autoimmune thyroid disease and you're sensitive to gluten, odds are if you have one, you have the other. So, if you're suffering from autoimmune thyroid disease and you have a sensitivity to gluten, you can eat a gluten-containing food once, one time. This is for all you cheat day people out there. If you have autoimmune thyroid disease and gluten sensitivity, you have gluten once. The autoimmune response from you eating a gluten-containing food once can last up to six months. I need you to understand that. Why am I pointing out that your autoimmune issue could last up to six months? Because that's no joke, it sets you back and it can undo the healthy work that you have done. This is why I roll my eyes every time somebody asks me about a fucking cheat day. It drives me crazy. They don't understand what's happening, okay? And I'm gonna walk you through this. I'm gonna go on a little side riff here because of things I see happening in the Clovis Academy. It's great. Whenever people learn a lesson, Like touching, I call it touching a hot stove. They get in the Clovis Academy and they won't talk about it, right? So people get on there and they're like, hey, I went to a wedding. I went to a social gathering. I've been on Clovis for three months. I'm down 40 pounds. I'm down six pant sizes. Everything's wonderful. I went to my cousin's wedding and I ate a piece of cake and I drank a beer and I feel like I'm dying. I've been in bed for two days, I can't move, I literally feel like I have been poisoned, right? They, they can't get out of bed. If you're in the academy, you see posts like this all the time. People are like, oh man, I messed up, I cheated, and I feel like I'm dying. They feel like they're dying, okay? Now on the flip side of this, I wanna explain to you guys, when I was in Puerto Rico, you may have seen that I did an AMA from Puerto Rico. I did a live from Puerto Rico AMA. And I got a ton of questions from people that I was kinda surprised by, but I, then I realized that people didn't have an understanding of this. But they're asking me about what I ate. Right? What did I eat when I was in Puerto Rico? Because I ate some shit I don't usually eat. I ate some fried local cuisine. I tried local cuisine, which was fried. I had some wine, I drank some tequila, I drank a bunch of mixed drinks. I ate a lot of fruit, because fruit is a, a, a staple there, right? Puerto Rico, I mean granted, I went to some really good restaurants and paid some good money for things like grass-fed beef, but generally speaking, there's a huge diabetes problem in, in Puerto Rico. It's fried food, fried in canola oil, and vegetable oils, and a ton of fruit, right? Now, I partook in some of that, like, and I'm going to explain that to you. But people seem shocked that I had zero problem with those foods. No response at all. it was totally fine as if they think that I personally need to eat 100% strict Clovis all the time. But I tell you guys this all the time. My goal for you is not to live a life of complete restriction 100% of the time. That's not the goal. My goal for you is to be healthy. I want you to be a healthy person. A healthy person means you can withstand stressors. You can withstand acute stressors. You are resilient. A healthy person is resilient. But to get you to be a resilient person, healthy person takes time and it can take a significant amount of time. I always tell you guys, we're trying to undo decades of damage, decades of damage. Now, I have eaten the Clovis way, the exact approved foods list as you see it, if you're a client, right? I have eaten that way 99.99% of the time for at least the last five years. My paleo journey probably started seven years ago, but it took me a couple years of tweaking, and figuring things out. I was eating all bananas at the farm; I'm like, they're paleo. I didn't know any better, right? So it took me a while to figure out this the Clovis aspects of things, kind of build my own plan, which is now the plan that you're probably following, right? Now, it takes a long time. I'm not trying to scare anybody. I just need you all to understand that it took me a shitload of discipline to be able to, quote-unquote, cheat on vacations. And I also need you guys to understand that my cheating on vacations is basically the equivalent of someone on the standard American diet eating as healthy as humanly possible, okay? Let me walk you through some of my junk food. 85% dark chocolate. I went to a nice little uh, restaurant there and had chocolate avocado mousse. Oh my God, right? Went to this local Son Paletas, this this world-renowned Puerto Rico popsicle place, right? And I said, I want the 100% fruit pop that has no sugar this thing was made of 100% fruit and I ate it. That's a cheat food for me, okay? Zero sugar added. I had like mangoes for breakfast because everybody has fruit, has fruit there, right? That's what my cheat foods look like. Fruit and dark chocolate, okay? The worst thing I had was mofongo, which is local, and that's literally just plantains and papaya. The only issue is they fry it in vegetable oils and I'm not used to vegetable oils, right? But I had that, was totally fine. Oh, and I did, I had bread. I had bread in Puerto Rico. I had artisan, homemade, baked fresh that day, fermented sourdough bread, okay? This is as bad as my cheats ever get. So when people talk to me about cheat days, I want to slap them. It's terrible because I want to be healthy. I don't give a shit How many nutrition gurus say that because I don't eat bread that I have an unhealthy relationship with food? They're fucking wrong. I have an unhealthy relationship with poison, okay? You're never going to see me eating a Krispy Kreme and drinking a Coca-Cola, ever, because I know the consequences. I'm not going to do it, right? It's just not something I'm going to do. You're never going to catch me doing that. You couldn't pay me to do it, right? So this is why it's so important for you guys to maintain discipline. I talk about discipline being your superpower, right? You must maintain discipline as long as possible on your Clovis journey. It's in your welcome email if you sign up for a custom nutrition plan from me. At this stage of the game, we are going to be kind to your body and help you heal. That's what we are doing. If you cheat once and you feel like you are dying, you are not healthy enough to cheat, okay? Understand that. If you cheat and feel like you're dying, you are not healthy enough to cheat. You're not there yet. You're not resilient enough. There might be something going on with the gut, okay? (sighs) End rant. Let's move on. Let's talk about what else you can do for thyroid health, okay? Let's chat about it. Let me see a couple of comments here. What do we got? That is not cheating. It is cheating, though. It is. In my world, it is cheating. Understand that. Uh, Jennifer, gluten can affect your body for six months. Yup. Gluten, dairy, lectins. Me, no more gut issues since Clovis. Awesome, Carlin. That's fantastic. Thank you for commenting on that. I appreciate it. Almost 200 days and no cheats. It can be done. It can absolutely be done and your health will only get better from there. And the odds of cheats bothering you in the future, the longer you stay disciplined, the less likely you are to have a catastrophic event if somebody slips you something with a speck of gluten in it, right? So let's talk about this. Other things you can do for thyroid health. Um, so we talked about gluten removing triggers, talked about gluten. The other thing you want to do is avoid chemicals. Go to Clovis.store and get my approved products list. That is a list of approved products that help you have a toxic free environment, right? Um... So it's, it's the specific chemicals that can really harm you, can really harm your endocrine system. These are endocrine disruptors. I also talk a lot about the book. Go get the book, Estrogeneration. Fantastic book. Talks about estrogenics. Talks about things in the water. There are things like phthalates and fluoride that are literally in the pipes that feed you your municipal drinking water, right? I have a whole house filter that filters out 300 chemicals that are found in municipal drinking water, right? Get yourself an activated uh, granular Uh, Charcoal filter get yourself a nano filter if you got the money to do it get a whole house filtration system right fluoride Phthalates in particular these are thyroid disruptors All right, so go get the approved products list and try to remove some of these toxic chemicals from your home This is very important. So remove the trigger foods particularly gluten remember gluten grains soy sugar and dairy Then remove the chemicals. So these are the steps you want to take This lifestyle intervention the other thing you want to do is focus Focus on gut health. You guys remember in the beginning, I was always talking about things like VSL number three, um, things like VisBiome. In the 40 weeks since I started doing AMAs, there are all sorts of fantastic probiotics, prebiotics coming out. Not to mention, there's probiotics and prebiotics in the perfect paleo powder, in the fat loss, in the digestion rest, and the post workout. These all contain probiotics and prebiotic dietary fiber to feed those probiotics, okay, prebiotics, probiotics. That's what you need, a focus on gut health. Now, fermented foods help with this, right? Now, if you already know that you have gut health issues, if you have something like SIBO or candida or whatever, you could also try like the paleo low FODMAP diet, which I highly recommend. Um, I'm actually thinking about releasing a Clovis approved low FODMAP diet and how those intersect. Um, So if you're interested in that, let me know. I haven't had a ton of interest about that. Not many people ask me about it, but I'm thinking about making it because I think that'd be really cool. It'd be like the ultimate list for gut health, right? Um, So avoid gluten, grains, dairy, soy, sugars, avoid chemicals, toxic chemicals, particularly the endocrine disruptors, phthalates, phthalates, um, fluoride, all these things. Gut health, you wanna focus on gut health, the health of your gut microbiome, one of the best things you can do. Now on top of that, you want to reduce inflammation, you want to reduce inflammation. Now remember guys, if we were to try to break down Clovis into what it is, it's paleo, moderate carb, low lectin, anti-inflammatory, that the list, it's it's pre-selected to be an anti-inflammatory food list. Go get signed up for a custom nutrition plan. Let's remove some of that inflammation from your body, pre-selected the most nutrient dense foods on planet earth and we're going to handle your gut health, right? Deal with your gut health deal with the inflammation as one. That's part of the Clovis Protocol. It's what we focus on. You can also try adding things like omega-3s. I love Nordic Naturals. as a great option. Get some healthy omega-3s in your system. Reduce things like omega-6s. If you're not on the Clovis Protocol, just try to reduce... Hydrogenated industrial vegetable oils right They're in almost every restaurant. That's what they cook in So you really need to try to avoid those that has inflammatory omega-6's try to remove those inflammatory omega-6's Whenever you can get that ratio of omega-3 to omega-6 closer to a 1-1 ratio or a 2-1 ratio, whatever you can do, right? The other thing ingredients that are anti-inflammatory such as turmeric, right? Turmeric in clinical studies has been proven to be as powerful as ibuprofen in high doses. Turmeric is also in the perfect paleo powder, right? Shameless plug. But things like omega-3s, turmeric, all that, try to reduce inflammation in your body as much as you can, okay? Let's do a little time check here. I'm going to jump into Q&A here in a second, but something I want to chat about. Now, again, not a doctor. Don't play one on the internet. This is not medical advice, so I'm going to do this very carefully. If I am the patient, Justin, not me, myself, not you, if I'm the patient, right? Let's talk about this. When would I medicate? First things first, I would never medicate unless the entire iceberg had been tested, not the tip of the iceberg. I don't care how convincing my mainstream medical doctor was trying to be to me, it's not gonna happen, okay? So let's talk about when would I medicate. If I had chronically elevated If I had chronically, now again, I would do multiple tests three months apart with lifestyle interventions in between before I did that, right? So if I had chronically elevated TSH and my T4 and T3 were chronically low, I myself would probably consider medication. I would go the bioidentical route first with something like Nature Throid. That's what I would do if it were me. Why? Because if these hormones aren't being produced, like I said, every single cell in the entire human body has a receptor for thyro- thyroid hormones. Super, it even play, guys, it even plays a role. You remember when we talked about fasting, I talked about BMR, your basal metabolic rate. Your thyroid hormone even plays a role in your basal metabolic rate. It it's, plays a role in some of the most fundamental biological things that happen within your body. It's that important, right? So I might grab the Band-Aid. I might try to pull the splinter out first, lifestyle intervention, and I would try the Band-Aid but it would not be permanent, I'll tell you that. I try to get everything functioning as quickly as I could so I could get off of that, right? Especially if it was synthetic. So on the flip side, if my TSH was coming back as normal, my TSH and T4 were coming back as normal, but I was still having symptoms, that means I'm probably dealing with an upstream issue like an HPA dysfunction, something with a pituitary gland, right? Or a downstream issue, where I'm having trouble converting T4 to T3. If that were the case with me, I probably wouldn't take medication. I would probably focus on lifestyle interventions first. On top of that, I would test the entire iceberg, right? I would immediately test the entire iceberg. And what do I mean by that? I would test all sorts of other things outside of thyroid function. I would test my sex hormones, like steroid hormones, because those play a role. Estrogen and testosterone plays a role. I would test that. I would test C-reactive protein. I'd wanna know about my systemic inflammation. Another thing, pre-diabetics, diabetics, diabetics, much higher risk of thyroid dysfunction. So you need to know what's going on with your glucose levels, okay? So you get yourself an A1C test, okay? An A1C is gonna tell you what's going on with your glucose over the last three months. Basically gives you an average idea of your blood glucose levels. So again, I would test TSH, I would test T4, T3, you know, reverse T3, I would test my antibodies, I would test, um, I would test C-reactive protein, I would test my A1C, I would test other hormones, I would try to see what the hell's going on. The entire web, right? Every single one of those things can play a role in your thyroid health. It's a giant web, always, always, always treat the body as a whole, okay? Now, I want to be very, very clear about this. I want you to find a functional medicine doctor. Go get yourself an expert. Don't get me, okay? Not me. Again, not medical advice. Go get a functional medicine doctor. Do not tell me that you cannot find one. Because you would be wrong. You can get a functional medicine doctor remotely. You can work with them via Stri- Skype. You can work with them via Zoom conference calls. So I want you guys to start at ifm.org. That's the Institute of Functional Medicine.org. Go to ifm.org, find a practitioner. That's what I want you to do. Go find a functional medicine doctor because even if you test the whole iceberg, you're going to have a hell of a time trying to dissect those test results yourself. You need an expert. Okay, trust me, you need an expert and if you do need medication, you need someone who can write you a prescription for that medication and you may need other things like estrogen, you may need testosterone, you may need a combination, they have combinations of T4 and T3 instead of just doing one or the other, right, you can talk about things like iodine and selenium and all those things that play a role in this big giant mess as well, selenium has been proven to be super effective for people iodine itself people like to spike the shit out of iodine but it's actually shown that reducing iodine intake can, can reverse hypothyroidism in some cases it's a, a matter of like what should i do that depends it all depends it's individuals unique to you every single person is different and i'm not a functional medicine doctor that's why you need one okay so whew, it's crazy trying to fit these things into an hour let's jump in a live q a that was ask me anything number 40 thyroid health a second opinion let's take a look here what do we got for comments, everybody? Low FODMAP. Okay, so low FODMAP is um, fructose oligo, let me, let me think about it. Fructose, is it fructose? Fructose oligo di monosaccharides and polyols? Somebody Google that, see if I got it right. It's the craziest word ever. But low FODMAP is basically these short chain carbohydrates that are not easily digested in the small intestine. It can cause a lot of problems. They're fermentable. F is either fructose or fermentable. I can't remember what F is for in FODMAP. But low FODMAP diet, you're basically restricting certain types of carbohydrates. These are what's called short chain carbohydrates and they're not digested well in the body. They can really cause problems, especially for people with leaky gut. So just Google a low FODMAP diet or paleo low FODMAP or let me know if you're interested in doing a Clovis low FODMAP diet. Um, but yeah, oligo, di monosaccharides, and polyols. I think I'm getting that right. Somebody uh, double, double check me on that. Look it up for me. All right, let's see. Yeah, Fermentable. I knew it. Fermenta- fermentable, oligosaccharides, disaccharides, monosaccharides, and polyols. I nailed it. Boom. Excellent. Fermentable. Well, I think I said fructose at first. Whatever, guys, you got it. All right, let's see. You told us what tests should be done to check thyroid function. What test should be done to check for leaky gut in general? Or is it the same ones? No, not the same ones. Now, C-reactive protein can be really helpful because if you have like crazy inflammation levels, then you probably want to look into gut health more. Um, they do these IG, I think it's called IG-band testing. I can't remember exactly what it is, but one example would be, um, let's see. It's easier if I just give you companies that do this, to be honest. So you can check out Cyrex. Um, Cyrex, I think they call it uh, either gut permeability or intestinal permeability test. So you Cyrex does it. Another one that does it is um, Genova. Genova Diagnostics. Cyrex does it. Now, they might have different names for it, but if you were to Google like Cyrex leaky gut or Cyrex gut permeability or Genova Diagnostics gut permeability or things like that, check that out. Um, another one that I know you can do is a full GI map which is like 400 bucks, but it tests like all the, your gut bacteria, all these things, and that seems to be a pretty accurate test for leaky gut. Um, there are ways to test this. So just take some Googling. Those are the two companies that I would recommend. Uh, low FODMAP, almost 200 days and no cheats. Check that out. Gluten can affect your body for six months. Yep, we saw these comments. Let me know what else you guys got. I'd be interested in the paleo FODMAP list. Okay, let me think about that. Let me try to try to put that together. Fermentable oligosaccharides, disaccharides, monosaccharides, and polyols. Ah. I'm happy I got most of that, crazy. Um, But yeah, low FODMAP diets have been shown to be really, really effective. And it's interesting too because what low FODMAP does is like I'm a big, big fan of leafy green vegetables, right? But all of a sudden you have things like cauliflower, onions, mushrooms, all of these items that are typically I would recommend for your gut health to feed your healthy gut bacteria, somebody with leaky gut or SIBO or candida is not going to do well with these things. So these FODMAP foods can actually feed unhealthy gut bacteria. They can lead to bad bacteria overgrowth, which is what, you know, SIBO is literally small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. You have bacteria that should have never made it to your small intestine that's in there and it it will ferment these foods. It'll cause all sorts of intestinal discomfort. It will increase so low FODMAP can be really really helpful FODMAP removes I think it even removes things like avocado you lose all your nightshades certain types of nuts it can be very restrictive and then if we were to do a Clovis and low FODMAP it's going to be even more restrictive but that said I don't know about you guys I have no problem with food restriction I I can I don't know I'm just stupid disciplined I don't know why it is I'm lucky I was born that way I just did a podcast with my dad I'm going to release he's the same way my grandfather was the same way if you told me I had to drink 12 ounces of gasoline a day to be healthy, I could do it. No problem. It's just – this is not difficult for me. Like if I switched to a low FODMAP diet, it'd be no problem, you know. But for some people, it's really, really, really tough. It's It, it can be very, very restrictive. What else we got here, guys? Let me know some other questions. It is now almost 9 p.m. I, I love making these things shorter, man. I mean it's it's like a crash course, but – Do you have any tips for people that have had their thyroid out but still have wonky issues all the time? Will eating Clovis level out those issues? I hope so. Carla, but remember, I was talking to my dad about this today because I really don't know the best form of treatment if the thyroid is already gone. So if you remember, I told you that every single cell in the human body has receptors for thyroid hormone you need it it's essential it's essential right so if you don't have a thyroid you have no choice but to be on medication for the rest of your life that is simply a thing it's same if somebody gets their gallbladder out i'm going to tell them to take digestive enzymes for the rest of their life because fat is essential for human survival the gallbladder helps you digest fat. So now you need digestive enzymes to help you digest something that's essential for human survival your thyroid hormone is very very important so you may be medicated for the rest of your life That doesn't mean, of course, like I said, it's self-explanatory. The Clovis protocol is going to be fantastic for your overall health because leaky gut and inflammation doesn't just lead to thyroid problems. Leaky gut is at the base of all diseases. Literally, it plays a role in diabetes, Alzheimer's, dementia, depression, anxiety, all these things, right? All leaky gut, it all stems from inflammation. So why would you not take these same steps? Is it gonna grow back your thyroid? No, of course not. So I don't really know the best plan of attack. If I didn't have a thyroid, If I didn't have a thyroid, I would get on ifm.org immediately and I would find a functional medicine doctor and I would work with them right away. And I would probably do $1,300 worth of testing, blood testing right off the bat. And everybody tells me they can't afford it. If the US government came to you and said you owe $1,300 or you're going to jail, you would come up with $1,300. Telling you, it would happen, right? That's how heavily I prioritize human health. So if I didn't have a thyroid or was like, oh, you know, that doctor took it out a long time ago, I probably didn't need to have that done, but here I am, this is my reality. Wherever I am right now is exactly where I'm supposed to be. I would hunt down a very good functional medicine practitioner, even if he was in a different state and worked with me remotely, right? I would find a functional medicine practitioner, get all the necessary blood work, and I would go through it with him step by step, and I would do everything that I could to make sure that I had the best chance at optimal human health that I could possibly have, even while not having that thyroid, okay? Not me, but several friends. Yes, I know several, several people that not only do I know several people that have no thyroid, I have several people that are dealing with goiters, you know, and mainstream medicals like, does it hurt? Is it bothering you? Don't worry about it. That seems weird. There's a visible lump sticking out of your neck. It's benign. Shit doesn't just happen. It's not just supposed to happen. You're just supposed to have a giant lump sticking out of your neck. You're a female who looks like you have a giant Adam's apple. There's probably a problem there, right? Let's talk about this. Let's try to figure this out. Let's try to figure out what kind of response is happening in the body to cause this thing to happen right? There's gordogenic foods and all those things, blah, blah, blah. I did find a functional practitioner that takes my insurance. That's awesome. I don't know how much I will pay, but I'm going to make an appointment on November 1st. Yes. Do that immediately. I'm proud of you. That's awesome. I'm really glad you found one. And there are some functional medicine practitioners that accept insurance. I wish mine did. You guys, if I told you the amount of money that I spent on blood work and things like this, it's, it's staggering. It's, I mean, my, my nutrition is hands down, the, I mean, I own a nutrition company, it's hands down the number one most expensive thing in my life. My living expenses are pretty small, right? Because I've been lucky enough to have a fantastic music career and I've made some great investments like houses and such, right? Um, but my, hands down, my number one expense is my health and it should be that way. Your number one expense shouldn't be your car or your phone or your mortgage. It shouldn't be that. It should be what makes your body tick, right? Let's reorganize some priorities here, guys, right? What good is the Land Rover you drive if you die when you're 45? Just think about it. Everything on their website lines up with everything you tell us. Of course, there's a reason why I point these people out to you, right? And again, go back and watch AMA number 39, the number one problem in health and wellness. I will never tell you guys I'm an expert. I am not. I am not a doctor. I will always tell you Go find the experts. I work with the experts. Why wouldn't you work with the experts? Which, speaking of which, a little bit of a plug. I am going to be launching a podcast, a brand new podcast, which there's going to be two podcasts, okay? So I'll explain that all to you. When the time comes. But I'm going to be start doing interviews with these experts. I I interviewed Steph Gaudreau last week. I have Diana Rogers from Sustainable Dish coming up this week. Autumn Smith from Paleo Valley. I have Abel James coming, the fat-burning man. I have Rob Wolf coming on the show, right? All these incredible people. And I'm going to get all sorts of experts. At some point, I'm going to get a thyroid expert on the show. We'll break these things down even further. So um, I'm going to try to bring you guys the experts. If it's somebody that I would go to for my own health, I'm gonna to try to bring them to you because that means their expertise is way above mine. I don't listen to anybody whose expertise is below mine. Why would I do that, right? I'm gonna to listen to people whose expertise is above mine. When I learn jujitsu, I wanna be learning from a seventh or eighth degree black belt. If I'm a blue belt, I don't necessarily wanna learn from another blue belt or a green belt. I don't wanna do that, right? I'll roll with them, whatever, but I wanna learn from the eighth degree black belt, the seventh degree black belt. That's what I wanna do. So I will help you guys with that as much as I can. If you guys are dealing with stuff, if you're trying to find the right person, whatever, and you want to reach out to me, that's totally cool. Also, go to Clovis.store. I mean, you guys, look, I do this all day every day. This is all I do is research this stuff for you. Just go to Clovis.store. Don't forget that. Cyrex and Genova Diagnostics, great companies for trying to figure out if you have leaky gut, right? Go to Clovis.store first and foremost because I want to get your take on the new website. I really like the new website, so go check it out. I think it's awesome. Um, The new blog, the the blog section is great. The section with the AMA is great. The ebook section is great. Everything just looks fantastic. Go check out Clovis.store and look into my custom nutrition plans. Get yourself one and I'll help you handle all this stuff. The inflammation, the leaky gut, all that, right? Again, not medical advice. Don't take it as that. I got to say that guy. I got to say that, okay? I know. It's annoying. It's probably annoying to hear over and over and over. Kyle Cease, is that a uh, a recommendation for the podcast? Is that what you're saying, Carl? If so, I'm going to write that name down. I think you might have told me about this guy already. Let me write it down again. Guys, I promise you, anytime you send me a recommendation of somebody that you want on the podcast, I write it down. I have a database of over 100 people right now, literally over 100 people. Now, I came up with most of those myself. There's people that I want to talk to, but keep sending me these names of these people that you want me to talk to, okay? I want to make this podcast freaking huge I want it to be awesome okay so help me out let me know who you want to talk to but anyway guys questions aren't coming in I know it's a lot to absorb go back and watch this one watch this one many times try to get an understanding of how the body works Dr. Rhonda Patrick on your podcast yes I'm working on that don't worry um yeah I've spoken to Rhonda before so that should be a possibility I'm gonna try no promises okay but I'm confident Guys, when I wanna get something, I usually figure out a way. This is the way I operate, okay? So we're gonna try this thing, I promise you. Uh, can't promise it will happen, but I can promise I will put my absolute best effort into making it happen. So, thank you guys for being here. This is AMA number 40. Nice, round, even number, 10 months in, right? And I like that that number 40 was a very important issue that affects 50 million Americans, that is thyroid, okay? So AMA number 40, thyroid health a second opinion all of you live viewers i love you go join the clovis academy go to clovis.store go to facebook.com slash groups slash clovis academy get in there if you're in the clovis academy invite 10 of your closest friends families relatives people that you love just click add members add them to the clovis academy i want to have a whole bunch of fresh new clovis academy requests tomorrow go to clovis.store check out my ebooks all the stuff i have to offer Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you for allowing me to do this work, which I love day in and day out. I absolutely love it. Can't thank you enough. That's because of you. Thank you guys. My name is Justin Nault from Clovis. Ask me anything. Number forty. Thyroid health. A second opinion. Have a great night, you guys. Thank you.